$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. On today's episode, we got Tony Gill in the building. And me and Tony Gill are going to be talking about everything about the Chicago Bulls, from the players to the coaching staff to the ownership to even the front office. We're going to break it all down right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bulls news and content. I'm very excited for this guest to welcome to the show. We have Tony Gill from the Bulls Talk Podcast. And I, listen, I, I wish I could list everything that you've done. You've done a lot there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think about it. But, yeah, yeah, I've, I've done some stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> when you uh, when you first came on the Bulls Talk Podcast, like, what, what was mm-hmm. just, like, that whole process of that coming together like for you? Um, so I, I think my first instance on the Bulls Talk podcast, I was a guest. I was still working at 670 to score um, as executive producer for Lawrence Holmes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I just enjoyed talking ball, man. Like, you know, I played it my whole life. I've uh, been a fan my whole life. Grew up with it in my life. So uh, talking about the Bulls as, you know, my favorite team, you know, at the time as a yeah. fan was uh you know, just a joy. So, you know, first I joined as a guest. Uh, I think Layla Rahimi, uh, Kevin Bulldog Anderson, for all you guys in the yeah. know of uh, in, in, on Bulls Twitter, <laughs> Kevin Anderson. He, he's a great follow, so make sure you follow him. Um, and I just talked Bulls basketball. And, you know, a couple months later, uh, they were looking for a podcast producer, and, you know, they hired me. So um, the Bulls Talk podcast has taken, you know, a lot of iterations yeah. uh, since, since I've been there um now like rob schaefer he used to be on he's no longer on shout out to rob make sure you go read his stuff on, on nba bulls basketball so um that was it's me kc jason golf and you know we were having a good time just talking talking about the bulls and um just getting that reacting to casey's inside information <laughs> and what he's got going on so uh, it's always a good time. I love like listening to Casey Johnson too because he so casually just drops like, "Yeah, I was talking to somebody." You know, they say this like, "Hey, Casey, I, I'm jealous just a little bit." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does it all the time too. It's like you know, um, you know, I'm cool with everybody on the beat, right? Yeah. You know, I, lo- I love Darnell Mayberry. Um, Darnell came to my wedding, so uh, I love Darnell. But when Darnell had the little tidbit of um. Our tourist getting the 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 quiet extension, mm-hmm. the secret extension. Uh, Casey was like, "Yeah, like I I had that, but like a few months ago, yeah. <laughs> you know, like so." Casey he'll casually drop gems in there, uh, but you you got to catch up with him. You got to catch up where he's at. So. That's a fact. That's a fact. Now it's been a struggle 
being a Bulls fan to a degree. I think outside of the little glimpse that we had for the first 30 games last season, it's been so up and down. Uh, what, what's been, like, when you see everything that the Bulls have gone through in the last couple of seasons, like, what's the one thing to you that, you, that, that gives you kind of hope on this version of the team, if you even have any still hope for this version of the team? I guess the, the, the small ounce of hope that I have is that Arturis and Mark see what we all see. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the ceiling of, of this roster and allowing not that 30 plus game sample of healthy Lonzo, healthy everybody else, kind of control what they see yeah. with this team and take the rest and the remaining. Um, and it's not all, I mean, it, it does have a lot to do with on the court, but that just isn't the only thing. It's the blow ups, right? In, in, in the locker room, it's, the thinking that you're going to use um, Goran Dragic and he's going to be a team player and you end up cutting him in the same year. Yeah. Like there's things going on on this roster uh, that the pieces aren't blending together and aren't gelling together at a consistent and enough basis. Yeah. Um, that is an issue. So my the the slight bit of hope is that they're going to this offseason thinking that this can't be the way that we proceed. Now, it's probably likely, the most likely situation is everybody comes back. back. Yeah. Uh, but the, the slightest shred of hope I have is they see what we all see when we watch this team every night. Yeah, and it's 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 some flashes of things, and you, you see this team operating in some games, and you're just like, why can't they do this every night? And then like you quickly remind, like we haven't, we didn't get, we weren't able to get a four game winning streak at all this season, and every time we thought we were going to, we went on like a two game losing streak, three game losing streak. So I, I, I have faith in our tourists, and I know a lot of Bulls fans have started like almost saying they're as bad as guard packs, and I have my thoughts on that and stuff, but I I really feel like they've been in the job for three years. Like you got to take take time. I do think everything they've done hasn't hit, of course, but no GM is going to hit on, on everything they do, but it's really going to take time to try to salvage this, and then when you look at, on top of that, Lonzo. The whole Lonzo situation really did change the trajectory of the Bulls a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, based on the sample that we got, mm-hmm. their plan was working. Yeah. Um, now, it fully healthy, I thought the that group still had a ceiling but at least you were playing meaningful basketball. You had a style of play. You had all the things to build up a, a, a culture that would, for larger free agents, right, for larger talents, you could be like, hey, we're doing something here. We're building something here. The Bulls are relevant. That's cool. Um, but everything isn't supposed to break down with technically your fourth best player. That's a fact. Like, everything mm-hmm. can't go down the drain. Uh, and you you missed the playoffs two years out of the three. Um because one player, yeah. that is that is a tough pill to swallow. And that's a tough thing to sell to Bulls fans, right? Like, they came in um, on their introductory, right, with the, hey, we're, we're built through the draft. We are development guys. And I was all here for it. Because at the end of guard packs, they were just trying to find random pieces to put together yeah. to make a, 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 a reputable roster. And it didn't work. So it was, it was refreshing to hear – our tourists say we're going to build this thing with a solid foundation on the ground up and halfway through the season, flip the roster. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> they got really aggressive. It's like, fam, what happened? You just said, <laughs> you just said you were going to build it up. Well, I mean, okay. Like it's your job. Do what you, you know, yeah. want to do, but 
I was on board with the look, this isn't a free agent town. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think it's ever going to be like it, we've had the examples of them trying to do that because people think that Chicago is because it's the third largest city. It should automatically be a free agent city. Yeah. And it's a beautiful city. We love the city. It's a great city. It's a great summer city. But people that aren't used to the winners here, yeah. like it, it's different. Yeah. It's different. So, like, it, it's just not a great free agent town. So, when you look at where those guys were coming from, with Philly and with Mark Eversley and Denver, I mean, look at Denver yeah. now. They built that thing from the ground up. Yeah. It's okay to build stuff from the ground up. And so, that's just kind of my thing with, with how they're going about this uh, because now they're stuck. Yeah. Right? Like, they're stuck now. They back themselves into a corner and they may need to take a, a a couple steps back, right, from the maze. Reverse a couple steps in order so you won't hit that same roadblock. And for sure. And, and and I think that, you know, sometimes you you have to take a step back to step forward. And I think that's where we're currently at. And it sucks that we're there really two full years after this version of the roster has been together. But you got to be able to adjust. And one thing that AK has shown, if you did do look at Denver, is that he's he always constantly adjusted. But he did have a solid groundwork of, like, drafting and, and and building and developing players and that that is one of the things that bulls fans will talk about you know p will all day long should he have been a fourth overall puck shouldn't he shouldn't he have been but when you look at how the bulls have drafted do you do you think we we've drafted between io kobe which kobe was still before arturis but io kobe marco dalen do you think that they've done a good enough job drafting or is it just that those players haven't got the chance to develop because we immediately went from being a team that said we were going to build from the ground up to a team that was trying to contend? When you do the pros and cons, and hopefully when they did the pros and cons of how they were going about this once they you know made the trade for Vooch, mm-hmm. that, okay, this we're going to start the winning window now, that you take into account what you're going to be losing. Yeah. Uh, in the grand scheme of your organization. And what you lost was added development for your top four pick. That now he doesn't get the opportunity to make offensive mistakes because you're trying to play meaningful games now. Um, When you look at, hey, you're trying to build around a, you know, Zach, he is in the prime of his career. He's ready to go now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the roster wasn't ready. And you trying to flip a roster to make it ready doesn't feel natural and it doesn't feel you always look at okay who's doing it right and are we on that same trajectory Mm -hmm. you look at the last four teams um the lakers are a special case they have one of the all-time great players from lebron james and a future hall of famer anthony davis that is a different scenario but you look at the rest miami um the celtics and the nuggets they all started from the ground up trying to find their guy or their guys yeah uh which they drafted so you skipped all of that to be relevant now. Yeah. And when you look at how those teams are playing, the real teams that have Miami and Denver in particular, how do you think you're close to that? Like, do you, with those pieces, do you think you're close to that? And if they're honest with themselves, no. And that comes at the sacrifice of their drafted player. Yeah. Dalen Terry, statistically, was the least played player at his draft position it's in the history crazy. of the NBA. Yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Like, if if you can't, it's very very difficult to do two things at once. Yeah. It, it it just doesn't work. It that hasn't. I don't know why they're trying to reset how 
we all know how championship teams are built. Mm -hmm. Like they don't do it this way. They don't have uh, your best player for most of this, right, was DeMar DeRozan. What has DeMar done on a real winning basis? He, he hasn't done anything. And you want to build around that. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Like, we know how this goes. We know how championship teams are built. There's a formula. There's a pattern. The Bulls are trying to do something just that I haven't seen. <laughs> Hopefully, it works out. <laughs> because, you know, I'm right there with it. You yeah. know, I, I'll, I hope for the success for this team. But how they're going about trying to build a championship in a stable championship situation is just something that we haven't seen before. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it, it's and you feel it like you feel it on the roster. Like the the roster is so imbalanced, and um, at times you you just you just feel that. And another thing, like you look at the teams that you mentioned around, and one thing that I take from it, like you look at a player like Jimmy, who we did have here. Unfortunately, we don't anymore, yeah. and it's like. We don't have leadership. That That's one of the biggest things missing from this team is we don't have that edge. We don't have that leadership. And I love Zach Levine. And I'm I'm not an anti-maxer. I'm glad Zach got his money. I want to see Zach on this team. But Zach isn't that ver verbal rah-rah leader on the court. And we don't have that. We had it briefly with Pat Bev. And I think that that shows how concerning that is that you had to go out and find your leadership in the buyout market. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have guys that set the standard for everybody yeah. through practice uh, and in and, and, and games to challenge everybody to step up their level of play, a lot of people are scared of that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, because that, that now breathes through the rest of the organization. Am I doing the best that I can do for us to win games? Jimmy challenges that, and I get it. He is a difficult person <laughs> at times, that he grinds on people. Yeah. Uh, whoa, pause. Um, That's some definitely a pause <laughs> moment there, Tony. <totally. laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, yeah. though. Like, you don't necessarily have to be the vocal guy to set a standard, right? Mm -hmm. Like Tim Duncan. That's Nikola a great Wolf, point. Uh, uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, that's, you that's don't a great see point. him being, but the way he plays, the way he practices, the way, if guys look at you and say, I cannot let this guy down. Mm-hmm. That's how you know you have a real leader, either vocal or not. Guys don't want to let Tim Duncan down. Yeah. The way he plays, the way he practices, the way he accepts coaching when he's playing bad, mm -hmm. dudes don't want to let those dudes down, vocal or not. So that's how you know when you have a real leader in a standard setter. Um, and, I, and I don't think the Bulls have that. And like you said, like it's a shame that you had to go into the buyout market to find it. Yeah. Like that, they don't think that's weird. <laughs> like they don't think that that that's really weird to have on a contending or playoff contending roster yeah. it, it, it is, is a team without a guy to challenge and make sure even the stars right even the stars hey what are you what are you doing what are you well, that's not that's not what we're going over defensively yeah. like what's up what's that what was that offensive play like if you have that type of environment that leads to winning situations no matter who's on the roster yeah. and we see that example in, in miami that's a fact. That's a fact. It's it's been really a revelation. I'm happy for Jimmy too. Like hopefully they close it out tonight. Uh, we just mm -hmm. dating when we're recording this, but yeah, hopefully they close it out tonight. When you look, also I want to ask you about the coaching. A uh, lot's been made about Billy Donovan's secret extension. He's going to be here. I've said before. Expect Billy Donovan to be here at least another five years. Mm -hmm. Is probably more than likely what's going to be locked in here. Um, how do you feel about the job Billy's done coaching, done development wise? Like what how, what's your pulse on Billy Donovan? 
Billy Donovan is a really smart basketball coach. Okay. He understands the game at an elite level. I have no issues. You can tell by the way that he exhausted all of his options that he had on the roster. Starting-wise, rotation-wise, he used what he had for the most part um, technically to try and get the best out of this group. His fatal flaw, in my opinion, which is why I found it curious that Arturis literally dropped everything to go after him, was in the best set of circumstances that he had, right, with Westbrook and Durant. Mm -hmm. They came up short. There wasn't a style of play, and Kevin Durant left yeah. that situation. <laughs> like under his best circumstances, with two Hall of Fame players like of that echelon, he didn't figure out what was the best way to use them. And Kevin Durant left that situation. So you come here, and you know how modern basketball is played. His fatal flaw is that. His style of coaching and his style of play dictates is dictated by who his best players are, even to the detriment to the rest of the team. And you, you read about his coaching style, what happens. He tried to bench Zach one time yeah. in Orlando, yeah. and that did not go well at all. And Zach held that against him. Yeah. But if if he if he was able to explain that to Zach, like, hey, you were playing awful that game. Like, your decision-making, your defense, and you weren't making shots, which is a rarity. Yeah. Zach usually makes shots. But that game, his his inability to not be able to hone in and get everybody's attention for consistent effort, that's on him too. It's not just – this problem is multi-layered. Yeah. It is managerial, coaching, and players. But since we're talking about Billy specifically – if you notice that there's a an, a distinct advantage that Vooch has in the paint and he doesn't touch the ball for a half, something's got to be done. Yeah, Something's got to be done. Yeah. If you are okay. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Okay with that. You are part of the problem because you don't want to get into your star player's face. DeMar, pass him the ball. Zach, pass him the ball. If you don't pass him the ball, I'm taking you out this game. Yeah. And eventually guys will get it. It's He's not trying to embarrass people. He's trying to win games. So, my issue is he can't get his team to do what they're supposed to do on a consistent enough basis because he knows, which is a overall rule, if I stick to the star players, I'm going to keep a job. As a Bulls fan, you don't want a coach trying to keep a job. You want him to be able to make the right moves, tough or not, to win games and to get and, and 
for the team to compete on a consistent enough basis. If you don't do that, you get what you got last year with inconsistent play all the time. That, that you, Listen, you, you're preaching right now. You're cooking, Tony, is all <laughs> I can say on that one. Because you're absolutely right. It's so many times, and it, it was Vooch at times. It was Kobe, right? We saw times where Kobe was finally cooking, his shot was falling. He didn't get in the game. And it's like mm-hmm. that is your job as a coach to, to know how to, how to balance those ebb and flows of the game. And, you know, again, I, and, I, and I say, and Bulls fans get on me all the time, where I'm like, Billy Donovan's not a horrible basketball coach. We got to start with that. He may not yeah, be the not. coach for this team, but he's not, mm-hmm. a, he's not a horrible basketball coach by any stretch of the imagination. But he does mm-hmm. a lot of questionable stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it makes you think. And it's like, if we see it, yeah. we know you see it as a basketball coach. Why won't you say anything? And, yeah. and it's got to be because, like, look, it's tough to push those buttons. It is. And if you don't have the players necessary to help you be that coach that you need to be, if you don't have an assistant on that roster that can play the bad guy for you, like you also have an understanding of yourself and your own personality, yeah. right? I'm not that much of a conversa- uh, confrontational person. I know that about myself. <laughs> My wife, she's she's ready to have it. <laughs> we blend perfectly on, on, on that. Yeah. Um, so like, it's just knowing your personality. And, and again, it goes back to management, feeding that upstairs is knowing the personality of the people that you hire and the people that you sign. Like, you know, this roster, what, you know, it is what it is. You know, you needed an actual leader to yeah. guide this. You didn't have it. And you own that coaching staff, right? Like, who's that guy? They're, I mean, they're all nice people. I've talked to all of those players and all those coaches. They're very nice people. But when push comes to shove, somebody needs to state the obvious. Yeah. Somebody needs to get in some, you know, get, get put some foot in some butts just yeah. to get their attention. And I don't think they have that on this roster coaching wise or on, on the player side. Yeah. And uh, hopefully they find it when you when we're heading into an uncertain free agency. Don't have any draft picks. There's rumors of the Bulls trading into the draft, things like that. They're, right now, this is the point in time where the Bulls and most teams are going to be involved in every rumor for every every possibility and permutation that could happen when you when you. You get the feel for the team. We've talked about like more than likely probably going to run it back. That's the more than, more than likely scenario. Mm-hmm. Do you like how much hope do you have that we are going to see some significant changes? Not necessarily blowing it all up. I'm against that, but like, do you think that we see some of the necessary changes that we need to see? Not all of them, because it's unlikely mm-hmm. all of them happen in one off season. But do you think we get some significant change this off season? Well, I think the first significant change is not really up to them because Vooch is a free agent. Yeah. Um. If he decides to leave, what's your plan? Like, you have to maneuver at that point because he is such a significant piece to what they were trying to do there. So that's the first piece that is not completely up to them about what happens. Mm -hmm. The next piece is, what do you do with the pairing of DeMar and and Zach Levine? If you go into this offseason, you have these conversations with them, along with Billy Donovan, about what needs to change about this team, what needs to change about their, how they play. And literally, because they talked about it the, before the season started, about offense needs to be a bit more random. We yeah. got to take more threes. They said all that. It did not work out. <laughs> and yeah. a, a lot of that has to do with, again, DeMar DeRozan being your best player, operating in, in that mid-range area, and you allowing that to dictate what you do on offense. So if you can't buy conversation and buy uh, strategy, be able to change the way you play with this roster or with this team and with these set of players, one of them has to go. DeMar's on a, uh, the final year of his deal. 
he is going to be like, I am a two-time All-Star with this team. Yeah, I need to be paid. I don't know why you would overpay for DeMar DeRozan. Like if that if he's a part of your future, I don't know why. It it, it didn't work this first go around. Yeah. For you as a whole. It worked for him. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want Bulls fans too to 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 forget. The Bulls were his last resort. And we overpaid. <laughs> we yeah. overpaid. According <laughs> to what what the deals were out in the market, we completely overpaid for DeMar. Yeah. Now he showed especially in the first season, he lived up to it, but we did mm-hmm. overpay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, don't forget, he didn't want to come here. Yeah. This was not where he wanted to go initially. So you had to overpay to get him to come here. So, it again, what is what is your plan? Like, what is your plan with this group? Do you – under Zach Levine's five-year deal, over the next five years, I, I, I ask you this. Do you think the Bulls are going to be championship contending within Zach Levine's contract? As much as I hate to admit this, I don't see a path. I see a path that we can be a tough out in the playoffs. Maybe we can get to the second round. But a championship contending team right now, unless unless a, a P. Will or Dalen Terry develops in a way that we haven't seen yet, I just don't see it, man. And that's that's the tough outlook that I think the Bulls organization should have with themselves. We yeah. just gave Zach this big deal. Can we take advantage of it? in the next five years. And from a Bulls fan standpoint, that admission is my team won't be championship contending for another five years. Yeah. I'm about to have a kid. My kid will be sentient and know <laughs> how what's going on on television before the Bulls are actually contending. That's like, a, that should that's be a wild. <laughs> that yeah. is a wild look. That's... And that's what when people when people watch this team and I love watching the Bulls. I, I watched them my whole life and I get it and I understand it. I want good things to happen for this team. But if you take a step back and look at what's going on, Mm -hmm. you look at the contracts and you look at the numbers and you look at the roster, who has been giving long-term extensions to, if you can't see them in that group under their contract winning or competing for a championship, that is a problem. That is a problem. So I guess that's a roundabout answer to discuss I don't know if, personally, I don't know if they believe that this what that this isn't going to work. They're pairing of, of Zach Levine and Demar Derozan. Okay, um, so that will be the 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 final two or the final situation to uh, discuss amongst themselves over there is: do we do it now or we do it later? I prefer they do it now. Because now it sets you on a on a trajectory of okay, we got to move, we got to pivot. If we're going to yeah. stick with Zach Levine, it's better to pivot now than it is to wait till after this Demar contract is up. That's another wasted year on that Zach Levine That's contract. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully they're they're willing to do. I mean, and it concerns me when we hear things like I know it's rumors and you got to get everything like oh, well, there are some Bulls fans. I mean, Bull, uh, Bulls execs that want to give Demar extensions and things like that. It's like, come on, like you you got to see the writing on the wall here, man. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make yeah. any it doesn't make any sense. Like that would be one of the more head scratching things in a series of head scratching things that have happened <laughs> for the Bulls lately, man. Yeah. Uh, I just. I just want to see my team win, bro. Like, yes. just, that's really just what it boils down to, man. I hate to, like, you know, boil down to just being a fan for a second, but, like, I've, I'm 36 years old. I've mm-hmm. been nothing but a bulls. Like, literally, my dad born and raised on the south side of Chicago. There are pictures mm-hmm. of me, nine months old, sitting on my dad's lap watching Bulls games. I've been a Bulls fan my whole entire life. And 
it's just like I just want to see my team win. Like I, I, I yeah. came up during the Jordan era, and I got to see that. That's that's what my formative years. That's what I got to see and be a part of. I was ten mm-hmm. years old when Jordan won. I think his last title, I believe, if I'm not off a little bit on the years there. But like, it's just been a whole bunch of up and down. The closest we've been to was Derrick Rose, and then mm-hmm. I, I, I saw that go away in a playoff series when he, when he tore his ACL. It's just, it's mm-hmm. been tough, man. It's been a tough yeah. lifetime. Yeah, and. and- for for all Bulls fans, that should be the standard. Yeah, and I think the, you know how you know Bulls Twitter can get. You got your different sections of of Bulls social media, uh, and Bulls uh, fandom out there. And I, I think I get a lot of pushback for being like you know negative on on the Bulls, but I don't think I'm negative. I think I'm holding them to a, a standard. Yeah, um, a championship standard that they've already shown right with the Jordan years. Mm-hmm. Right, like they all don't, don't as an organization heart back to those years to, like instill nostalgia to the fan base and reemphasize the you know that Red Bulls in, in that Chicago and don't be expected to be held to that standard. Like yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Like don't don't invoke those emotions if you don't want to be held to that standard. Like and it 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 sucks to see how far that they've gone from from that, um, and hopefully that. They understand this is what the Bulls fan base is strong. It's yeah. strong. They became relevant for two years and everybody came back after we all acknowledged, like, we're not accepting this, right? Yeah. And I just hate to see the the lowering of the standard from Bulls fans. No, keep it up there. Keep yeah. it high, right? Keep the standard high. Hold these executives, these players accountable because you root for that team. You expect things from this team. This isn't, well, you know, if they if they if if they you know go out there and, and, and work hard and I guess they don't even do that. <laughs> they, they, they even do that. <laughs> that's and tough. that's even more frustrating. It's like yeah. at least, if you're not gonna win a championship, at least go out there and play hard every night. And that didn't even happen. And that's I was really, offended by a lot of games this year. And that's what's so like because as, as Bulls fans, we respect a team that loses but fights and competes hard, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't even have that some games. Like you said, it's just we are so far off. And I, I love that you said that, like, let's hold them to that standard. Like, we deserve to. But any other franchise that's won as many titles as the Bulls, that, yeah, it came in a condensed amount of time, They their franchise has a standard. And even if they do come off that for a couple of years, it's mm-hmm. all about getting back to that standard. Right now, we're just trying to be relevant again. And that's mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> if, if, if the bar is is relevancy, that's a relatively low bar. Yeah. Any GM, any executive can make a trade for an overpriced, uh, talented player and win some games mm. and and get to a play-in. Like, relevancy shouldn't be the standard. Relevancy should be the baseline, right? That, that should be the base. The standard should be with every move that we make, with every dribble of the basketball, with every right on the board, is this getting closer to winning a championship? Is this getting us closer to winning a championship? If you if you say yeah, then okay. But if you really think about it, are you making moves for relevancy's sake to get butts in seats, or are you actually making the moves necessary to win a championship? And that's that's what every fan should question about this team. Hey, that's a quote. That's a bar there, Tony. That's what that is. That's a bar. <laughs> before, before we go, talked a lot about this team. Got a little depressed there for a second, just thinking about how far we've come down. I've been trying to do this thing with every guest of asking 
especially lifelong Bulls fans, their favorite memory or moment as a Bulls fan. So to end this on positive, on a positive note, what's mm-hmm. your favorite memory as a Bulls fan? Uh, I mean, I, I'm 30 years old. I'll be 31 in November. So um, I, my first basketball memory is of Jordan's last championship or last couple. I thought the Bulls were supposed to be there every year because, you know, that, that was yeah. my intro, introduction to Bulls <laughs> basketball. Yeah. Uh, and then I forgot they had a team with uh, the Ron Mercer years, and uh, that was <laughs> – Oh, man, listen. <laughs> God. So, for for my era of Bulls basketball, the, the absolute peak was the Rose years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Rose MV, MVP year uh, was the, the highest point. Because you felt like this is this is real, this is sustainable, yeah. um, this is going places. Other top tier talents will are going to be attracted here now, even if this doesn't this iteration doesn't work. People will see Derek, they will see Joe, they will see that we have all the necessary pieces to actually do something on a consistent basis. So the Rose MVP year, um, and. You know, side note: This is this is my like secret thing. That, that was LeBron's MVP, low key. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, not gonna I fight mean, it. it that, I'm not gonna fight it. I'm yeah, happy Rose got it to, to admit it. But uh, we're happy <laughs> you got it, right? We're happy you right. got it. <laughs> I'm happy you got it. But I mean, that time was was it was the best time of my Bulls fan fandom was was those years because it felt real. And I know LeBron was at his highest peak at the same time. Mm. Um, and it was definitely going to be an up here climb trying to beat him and the Miami Heat and then Cleveland. But you felt like the Bulls had a shot. Yeah. And and that's all you want. Like, it's tough to win an NBA championship. Like, we, we're greedy because the Bulls got six with MJ. But yeah. I we understand it's really, really tough to get there. You just want to have a shot at it. And it felt like the Bulls had a shot with Rose. Um and that and it hasn't felt like that since. It hasn't Man. felt like that since. And and it's it's I always go back and look and the Rose was actually a better basketball player the year after he won the MVP too. It was just like a, a refinement, and it mm-hmm. just sucks that it all came crashing down after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were there was no reserve plan, there was no backup plan. It just kind of well, we did have you know. one. His name was Jimmy Butler, and Garpack yeah. said, Hey, we, yeah. we don't know how to build around this godless trader. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Crazy, man. Well, Tony, thank you so much, man, for taking time out your schedule, man, to come and join me over here. Uh, Go ahead and give me your social media. Tell them where they can check you out at, brother. Yes, sir. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at VTonyGill. That's where all the fun happens. That's where all the conversation happens. Um, You can let's check out the uh, Bulls Talk podcast for more takes from me and Casey Johnson and Jason Goff. Uh, over at NBC Sports, and check out all of our other uh, podcasts that we have there. We just introduced a Spanish-language podcast. So for all my Spanish speakers uh, out there, we have things for you as well. We have Hector Lozano, Telemundo Sports Anchor. He does some great and fantastic interviews uh, with athletes from the city or about the sports that you care about. So we're very excited about that. Um, We got you covered on the Blackhawks. Like, come on now. This is the time to get on the Blackhawks. This is definitely time to get on the Blackhawks train. Yeah, the (laughs) the Bulls are kind of not doing the rebuilding thing, but Blackhawks (laughs) got a dude. They they got a dude now or going to draft a dude uh, in Connor Bedard. So get on that train. We got all your conversation around that ready to set to go. Um, But, yeah, just uh, follow me on Twitter, and uh, that's where you find all the stuff that I do. 
There you go, y'all. Make sure y'all go ahead and check him out. You guys know where you can follow me. You can follow me at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And we out, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.